This is Jimmy from I Hate God. You're listening to Interview Under Fire. What's up, everyone? Welcome back to a brand new edition of Interview Under Fire. This is your host, Sonny. This time along with Jimmy Bauer. Quite the honor, man. Uh, thank you so much for joining the IR hey, podcast series today. Uh, now, today is a big and exciting one for you and the rest of the guys over at the Doom Slinging Sludge Punk Masters I Hate God with the release of your sixth studio album, History of Nomadic Behavior, uh, dropped on Century Yeah, it came Records. out today. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, first things first, I want to commend you guys on all of the well deserved reactions this has been getting so far, especially, you know, quite the seven year follow up to the 2014 self titled. Uh, shout outs to Pitchfork and Rolling Stone and Sirius XM who've praised your work over the years. Uh, so wow. much I want to unravel about all this. But before we get to that, we talked about it before the interview started. Uh, how are you, man? How's life in New Orleans right now? I know it's an important one to ask considering what's been happening in the last 365 plus days in the world. <laughs> uh, it's good, man. I just been like I was telling you earlier, I've been working with a friend and uh, yeah, New Orleans is good. It's not upper 70s yeah and, it's, uh, I, had, I had someone ask know. me if uh it was in, it was in the 70s yesterday and today someone asked me if it was a cold 70 or a warm 70 that was like the most texas shit ever <laughs> wow wow <laughs> <laughs> if no, you know what i'm talking it, about yeah it's been nice you know just uh just trying every just like everybody else just trying to stay sane through through this whole mess you know and just trying not really going out to public places that much, you know, but, you know, been complying. Yeah. You know, I, got you my, know, I got my vaccine the other day. So was that your first dose? No, I got the Johnson and Johnson. So it's just, Oh, you one. got the, you got the one. That's good. So you're, yeah, you're, lo- yeah. you're, you're locked and loaded, man. So you're good to go. Yeah. Yeah. yeah hopefully yeah. I'll get mine here in the coming weeks. So, Cause there's like, I gotta get, you know, make sure my family members get taken care of first, but um, yeah. Yeah. That's yeah, my mother just got it. So. That's good, man. Uh, I, yeah. I'm glad you're. I'm glad you're taking safe. I mean, you're She's on heroin too. <laughs> <laughs> Put that on record. I That's buy <laughs> my heroin from her. Actually, no, I'm being. Stupid, That's a, no. That <laughs> hey, it's the rest of the family. You got to keep. You got to keep everything close. Yeah, right? yeah, you know. Hey. <laughs> anyway, you know, Jimmy. You know, hey, life as of late. It's something something that's uh, been happening a lot. You know, life as of late. Many of us have also been away from the stage a lot. You know fancy musicians alike but how are you keeping up your guitar chops these days is that affecting your musicianship has anything changed for you routine wise lately if at all no i mean i have i have like a little acoustic that uh that i keep in the living room and so i, I try and pick it up i don't know at least once a day you know and, and kind of play around it's not as much as i should be doing but we started recently started practicing again so Right. It's just once a week right now, but it but it feels yeah. good to go up there and start like the first time we jammed was like maybe a month or two ago. And it was like, yeah, you know, was, I literally hadn't jammed since this time last year, you know. So you're talking a whole so, year since you guys actually got together and played. Yeah. 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 So it's so it's been nice doing that. And, and uh, yeah, you can tell we got some cobwebs going on, but, you know, brush those to the side. And we actually started writing again already. So. For another record hey that's hey it's yeah. it's it's good because that would mean two albums in like just a short period of time instead of two albums in like 14 years <laughs> yeah we, we want to longer was we want to do uh we want to do like a fast dp you know yeah. about of like faster type songs 
yeah, we take our time to make records, man. But, you know. Yeah, speaking of time, you know, you've been at this for over three decades, man. Uh, it traces back before 1988. And you've been with I Hate God, you know, since the start, whether it's with them or down or N minor, uh, what is it, Mr. Crew of Clear Light, Corrosion of Conformity, Super Joint Ritual, Crowbar. I mean, the list goes on for you, Jimmy. So mm-hmm. you know, I want to ask, you know, how is the touring life for you personally? Because you've done some extensive touring throughout your career, whether it's, you know, touring US and Europe, you know, Indonesia, South Korea, Thailand, Tasmania, you played at, you know, Maryland Death Fest, Hellfest, Cycle Las Vegas. And now we've all just been taking an unexpected step back. And does it make you have a growing appreciation of the touring life? Uh, yeah, yeah, it does. I mean, I, I got to admit, I was pretty pissed off for a while. Yeah, you know, because because uh, it seemed like life kind of went on for a lot of a lot of people, but it not for music. And, it, you know, it's just like, uh, it's just hard to grasp that, you know, and uh, but but yeah, I mean, tonight we were touring so much, like we had three years right there that we didn't stop. So, um, in a weird way, it was cool to kind of take a break from that, you know. Yeah. But uh, we're definitely looking forward to touring again, especially with the new record and you know going out and promoting it and stuff. So, you yeah. Know. Uh, everyone listening, uh, try and get vaccinated so we can actually hear I Hate God. Yeah, you best. yeah. Now, Before it was wear your mask. Now it's get vaccinated. Yeah. And then now everyone's saying everything, like whatever you do is just saying everything's political, everything's political. It's not just, I, I don't know. That's Every, just, everybody that's, needs to chill the fuck out. Dude. Exactly. Now, yeah. I'm curious to get your take on this, considering what's been happening in the last year. You know, uh, you've seen this. A lot of bands have done it is live streaming, you know, uh, the bands, what they do on stage and taking it to the screen. Obviously these interviews would be in person and we're doing what we're doing, but you know, uh, with the amount of touring that you've had in your career, the amount of bands you played with, the musicians you've collaborated with, the fans you've encountered, uh, do you think that the quarantine induced, you know, live streaming surge we're seeing right now from all these bands, is that going to affect the touring musician business going forward in your perspective, Jimmy? Like, do you still see bands doing, something like this even after all this is over yeah well, keep doing live streams yeah yeah i think i, I, I people were kind of doing it before you know I, I, not really but that it's funny because uh we used to joke about that all the time be like you won't even have to tour you can just stay home and <laughs> and you know and just fucking play like that but, or moshing your own but, room uh, like i've been in the last year but how much longer can i do that for right <laughs> yeah i haven't i haven't moshed in my house yet but <laughs> we might do that in, a little bit, you know. Hey, I see. There's just a blank wall behind you. You could probably just use that space to. <laughs> yeah, I'm fucking stage dive <laughs> off of that, and but I don't think it's I I don't think it's gonna have an effect on touring, man. You know, I don't I don't think mm. it's gonna like change it that much. You know, I I think it'll still go on, but because you never know, they got people that might not even go to shows. You know, yeah, there's that, and, and that are so used to to this way of life that you know they might not look back you know so that's that's an interesting point because and those are the ones on heroin (laughs) as i was saying as i was saying the ones that are on heroin they're the ones who are telling me that you know they didn't realize they would be so much of a homebody you know um, a month or two months into the pandemic you know i remember the first two months of the pandemic I was excited. Like I was able, actually able to tell myself I can get shit done. I can actually catch up on things that I never thought I could catch up on. And then of course the third month went by then the fourth month. And then I realized, okay, I got to start getting into routine here. So I'm not just a 
a lazy bum around my house. But that's why. That, well, that's not the only reason, but that's why I'm glad I'm working. You know. Yeah, yeah. At least I'm at, working too. Least, yeah, yeah. So you know, it's like, uh, yeah, I know what you mean. I agree with you, man. Yeah, I, I like asking that question. There's no right or wrong answer because you know I've had artists who say, yeah, I would love to do live streaming because it still gives me a chance to engage with my fans. Some artists would say, you know, I'm not doing anything until this is over. So you never know. There's always that uncertainty, but you guys are still putting out new music. I think that's important. You know, I, I think the world could use more. I hate God. At least I can speak for the fans, you know, and speaking of which, let's talk about that sixth album. We talked about everything except that new album. Let's talk about it now. Drop today. A history of nomadic behavior uh, dropped on Century Media Records. Now, this is the follow up to the 2014 self-title, like I mentioned. Well worth the wait. Easier to wait than the 14-year gap from the Confederacy to ruin lives in 2000. So I got to say that. Hopefully not. We don't have to wait another seven years until the next one. You talk about writing new music. Eight. So, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Even, even so. And every time I am listening to you guys, it's always that world of distortion, perfect blend of doom and sludge with a solid influence of punk thrown in there. It always reminds me of bands like, you know, Acid Bath and Iron Monkey, Crowbar. I'll even throw Melvin's in there. And Mike said that you guys have matured as a band. And with a band like yours, who have been doing this for as long as you have, I still heard that. You stayed true to your roots, yet still expanded on that established sound, which is not an easy thing to do. So how much did things things change from when you first started composing on this record to where you ended up finishing? Was there already a specific sound you guys knew you wanted with a history of nomadic behavior? Well, no, it started out with a two guitar player band. You know, Mm. we've been writing the whole, we've been writing for like the whole seven years, but once Brian got out of the band, then it was like a transformation to single guitar, which, which, uh, you know, you almost, you don't play the songs different, but there's a lot more attention to detail and stuff. At least that's the way I look at it. That's the way I look at it. And, and, uh, you know, so for, the songwriting process got different, you know, like after Brian left. So I think that's why the, the record in my eyes is really cool because it's got a, it's kind of got a progression to it. If it was in the order that it was all written, it could be seen, you know, but, or heard, but, uh, but yeah, man, I completely forgot what I was talking about. (laughs) He's on air. Yeah. <laughs> that's what's yeah. going on. <laughs> yeah, that's it. But, but no, 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 I, that was a good answer because, wow. you know, from songs like, you know, Built Beneath the Lies and Fake What's Yours, uh, High Risk Trigger, Trial of Johnny Cancer, Everything Every Day. Uh, there was a flow that you were talking about. It's meant to be listened from start to finish. I feel like that you were trying to get the point out. Yeah, there. yeah. Now, cool, uh, I want to throw, throw a couple of names out at you, you know, uh, Sanford Parker and James Witten. And it was produced by mm-hmm. Sanford, Sanford and you guys. And he's known for his work with, you know, Yob and voivod james uh he also mixed it for you he's known for his work with thou and high on fire i'm sure there was sanford, a sanford didn't really produce it though what did he do he, he just he wor- no he worked on it but he didn't produce it he um it was we it's more self-produced for sure you know okay yeah and, yeah and, I, I know you guys took a big part on that production as well yeah like sanford did some mixing as well you know and okay. and uh and sanford's a great friend of ours and james Witten. Uh, he's got a little studio like right down the hallway from where we practice. So uh, it just we went in and he's like you said he's done a lot of work with some other bands too, and he he did magic, man. Yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm sure there was a sense of comfortability in the studio for you, knowing that you had 
those guys working on the record with you, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean, we kind of know what we're doing now at this point, you know. So I mean, hey, you guys are you guys are uh, legends in their in your craft, so yeah, definitely. No, and, whatever. Dude. Yeah, yeah, whatever. you are. Trust me, you know. Whatever. For as long That's as I've been listening, listening to you guys, you guys do it well, and which brings yeah. me to my next point: between writing and structuring the songs and the production process, uh, I want to make sure that people know this because you guys are not a political band. But, however, this new record covers a lot of ground in that area. You know, from the election turmoil to pandemic terror and the riots, and just to plain hypocrisy and bullshit you know it includes it also includes the reflection of the chaos and elation that you guys have experienced over the past three years of touring like you mentioned before and so i wanted to ask you know to what level do you like to have a theme for your music is that more about helping you write or sound or is that more for the audience like how important are themes to you uh, i guess that would most mostly be mike williams based you know i mean he's, mm. he does all the lyrics and 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 uh and we don't we don't tell him anything it's you know but i mean uh like do you, yeah, you, you, he, he ever comes to you with that with the lyric or just anything that he has like an idea and then it allows you to give feedback to what he's telling you um not really hmm. not not really it's more like we bring him the music you know and 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 then and does what's happening in the world affect the way we write, you know? And I don't think so, man. Hey, I mean, I guess, I guess personally, I'm not thinking about it that much, you know? Yeah. I mean, yeah, it, the world's going on the way it is, but I can't fucking do nothing about it, you know, for real. Of dude. <laughs> so, so, Hey, you know, hey, you're doing what you do best is uh, just uh, shredding up there on stage and putting out the music that you have. That's all you got to do. But when we when we write, man, you know, it's it's uh you know, we, we get in the room by ourselves and you know, we smoke a good joint, man, and just and just we lately we've been doing like blues jams and getting riffs out of that. So it's it's been hey. cool, man. But as, as a four piece band, you know, we're growing and like Mike said, you're maturing. So Yeah. Do you see a history of nomadic behavior as a snapshot of where you are in a certain time in your life looking back? Uh, maybe like the way it's, the way it sounds, you know, just, uh, hmm. I, yeah, I mean, it took, it literally, we've been record doing the record for like the past three years. We recorded yeah. it once we had to record it again. And within that transition, we had to make the transition to four piece from five piece. So, uh, it, it, I'm just glad it's out because, because it did take a while to do. You know, and with the pandemic and everything, it made it, it even a little harder. And uh, just glad it's finally out. And, you know, it, it definitely reflects on, you know, what my life has been and stuff. You know, obviously it has to, you yeah. know, but, you know, uh, I guess I'm just saying it, I don't know, it's, it's hard for me to fathom that, like affecting the music, you know, because I don't know, just the guitars. So you play guitar to get away from life. You don't, you know, you don't bring life into the guitar. I mm. don't. You yeah. Know? Uh, and I know we talked about it briefly earlier. You, uh, the local music or metal scene in New Orleans, where you guys, you know, uh, you know, came from, and we all know about, you know, Soylent Green and Goat Whore, X Order, Crowbar, Down. How has that scene changed through your experience? Uh, New Orleans it, seems yeah. strong, man. There's always... There's always new and unique bands, 
you know, that's guaranteed. And it, it just basically depends on having a cool place to play. And then everybody gravitates there, you know, but, uh, it's new. A lot, a lot of kids from new Orleans can play, man. You know, they, do, you they have a, do you have a specific venue down, in man. mind? A specific, well, we had this place called Siberia that uh-huh. held about like 250 people and it was perfect because you'd sell it out and it, it, it would just be packed and nasty, you know, and, but they don't do shows anymore. So, I mean, that's just like any town. It's hard to get one place and that's it, you know? Yeah. I, this kind of music and those kind of shows tend to bring negative things upon themselves, you know, that. Well, I mean, I, I like asking about that because, uh, uh, yeah, I mean, down. I always wonder what the, uh, what the local scene is like, you know, over in New Orleans. I mean, Dallas, we have our own scene. Of course, I mean, things just open back up here in Dallas. Do you know what the last venue uh, in Dallas uh, that you guys have played at, just at the top of your head? Or just a venue we that... Played, I think we played Denim Springs last time. Or we did... That, uh, did you ever play at Trees? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I, Trees, is a, Trees has been the one that's been like... It's been up the whole time during the pandemic. And, of course, venues around have been like shutting down uh, one after another. I mean, they open open back up now, but Trees is the one that's been standing. That's one of my favorite yeah, venues. Yeah, Trees... Trees is a great club, man. That's a good place. You know, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. You know, from the different experiences and perspectives in your timeline that you've taken in, which you've discussed about so far, you know, playing for as long as you have three decades, whether, you know, I hit God down and minor touring the world for that matter, and then collaborating with an insane amount of talented artists. And uh, so it's, I want to ask, you know, have your aspirations like as a person, Jamie, have they changed or evolved since when you first started playing music? in the industry like do you see things differently today oh, of course you know i mean uh you know you know be, being when you're younger you're you're pretty naive you know and you're and you're i don't know the the desire to do things you know or is greater you're younger you have more energy more enthusiasm you know and stuff like that and all that dies, man. <laughs> I always wonder if no. you, you know, because do you ever stop just to take a look back in any of, you know, you go to YouTube and just type in, I hate God, like 1991. Do you ever do that to yourself? Not that very rarely. No, not really. <laughs> but, but uh, yeah, it's pretty weird. You know, it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's, I, I don't know. It, it, it definitely music. It always grows with you. And the experience grows too, you know, and you learn, you know, you learn to appreciate experiences more and, you know, over and even, even, you know, touring as gives you a lot of time to think and do anything. And I've even, you know, it's like, oh, well, this experience is happening because of this and, you know, and, you know, just, just real, I guess what I'm trying to say is really enjoying it and experiencing it. And, you know, the, I don't know, like from going touring, laying on the floor of a van to being able to have a bunk in a tour bus, you know, that that's growth, you know, and yeah. I'm proud of what I've done. I'm like super proud of what I've done. I'm grateful for however these opportunities came to be, you know, and uh, just still rolling with it, man, you know, but it's uh, I couldn't picture me trying to get a band together right now and get signed, you know, like if I had never played before at my age, you know, it'd be, I don't know. Almost, I, don't, I don't know. 
<laughs> get laughed at. It's all good. I want to. I want to leave you off with this here. Uh, if you weren't a musician, what would you be doing right now? Does that ever cross your mind? Uh, I don't know, man. Um, I've always like I wanted to be a engineer, or producer. You know, do so stuff still, like that. My, so still have an involvement in music per se. Yeah, or some kind of communications. Yeah. My my dad was a director for CBS growing up, so I grew up in a TV station. That's cool. You know, and, hey, and, I went to film yeah. school for three years. I, that's uh, I see the connection there. That's really cool. Oh, dude, super cool. Getting to see commercials. It's mostly commercials and political campaigns and stuff, you know. But, but uh, yeah, something in in that vein, you know. Have you ever done like something. floor work, like floor directing, or just like seeing what the you know camera operators do? Do you get a chance to do that? Yeah, I grew up around it. They, yeah. On Saturdays, they would film this show called Popeye and Pals, <laughs> and I would go with my dad every weekend. And they filmed like 15 shows, Cub Scouts and shit like that, you know. But uh, it was, but it was cool. It's like at at the age I was like in between 10 and 12, and I, I remember just having this attitude, like, yeah, my dad works here, you know, because you're surrounded by other 10 and 12 year olds that yeah. can't go and do what you're doing. So I used to eat it up, man. It was fun. Man, uh, Jimmy, this has been such an honor. I'm gonna I'm gonna try to stop here because you're getting laughed at <laughs> wherever's going on in that room. But I want to yeah, ask, <laughs> yeah. do you have any last <laughs> words, like any shout outs, anything anything you'd like to plug in as far as I hate God? I know we talked about live streaming briefly. Is that something you guys are planning to do just going forward in the into the summer? I don't think I don't know if we're gonna do it or not. We've talked about it a little bit, but I hmm. uh I, I don't know if we're gonna do it, but uh much love to all the Dallas people, all my Dallas friends. And uh, yeah, man, if you, you know, check the record out. You know, we worked really hard on it, really proud of it. <clears throat> and hey, uh, it's been on repeat for me since I got it. Cool. So. Be super cool. If you go out, grab a copy, give it a shot, drink some wine, have some cheese, you know, slap yeah. some people and, you know, <laughs> lay off yeah, the hand, obviously. With it, man. <laughs> hey listen since we talked about it uh just you were mentioning it can you think of five favorite films at the top of your head five films top of my glass really uh, you didn't even hesitate that's interesting that's a good one hmm. uh five favorite films fuck uh that's one city of god okay city of god all right uh oh man Putting you on man. the spot here man no, hold on. I dig this, dude. Hold on. Uh, movies. Movies. What was my favorite movies? I was so burnt out, dude. <laughs> uh, Forrest Gump. I okay. like Forrest Gump. Man, your, uh, your, your for, list is all over the place right now. All over the you got place. City of all God, you got place. Forrest Gump, you got Glass. Uh, I own Glass. I haven't seen that in a couple of years. I should probably put that on. Good movie, man. I yeah, love Split, a, though. Split, uh, I, I prefer Split, but that, that's probably because I've seen Split so many times. Glass, I've to only seen a, To Kill a Mockingbird. Oh, okay. Now, Outst we're, now we're getting there. Outstanding movie. Uh, I think that's on Netflix now, too. Apocalypse Now. I mean, obviously, all oh, the gosh. Okay. classics, you know. Because I used to watch, it, it was cool growing up, I'd watch movies with my dad, and he would, he would be like, oh, I know how they did that shot, and Blah, blah, you know, it's cool. You learn to appreciate the effects. Of what are you watching? What are you watching right now? Not right now. Not, right not, now. Not, not like the second. Like, what is it that you're putting on TV right now? Like anything or Netflix? Just 
HBO Max, Prime. Um, what's what's gotten your yeah? Uh, I mean, we attention? we kind of go through. What's the last? Oh, what's that called? The Alone. Alone. It's a show where they bring ten people out in the middle of nowhere and they have to survive and they can tap out. We so watch like, that whole series. So it's like Survivor, or kind of uh, like Survivor. What's that on Netflix? I've never really. Yeah, is it on Netflix? Yeah, we watched Coming to America two the other night. That was great. That was I okay. watched it too. <laughs> it was I didn't okay. think it was, it was good. I mean, yeah. I mean, the first one was a classic, but you know, everything's like every, everything's yeah. about sequels these days, and you never know if it's gonna hit. It's always a hit or miss. It's always a hit or miss. But right, right um, again, right. Jimmy, this has been an honor. I feel like we could talk about films on a different episode. Let's let's plan on that. Uh, come to Dallas. We'll do another face to face interview with you and the boys. I look forward to that um i've seen okay. you guys plenty of times here in dallas looking forward to seeing you guys again after all this craziness is over um i really appreciate you taking the time to talk with me this was great everyone yeah, is listening. thank you dude i appreciate it no thank you hey if it wasn't for the music you guys put out i would not be here today so much appreciation for everything you guys done throughout your career yeah, you're right bro everyone is listening this is jimmy bauer from the legendary yes legendary i hate god don't give me that work <laughs> history of nomadic <laughs> comes out uh dropped today on central media records and like you said if you can Please purchase a copy. The bands can't do it without your help. Uh, Spotify listens obviously help. There's always that. But buy the copy. I still have a stack of CDs that I buy in the corner of my room. It's just building up. So, uh, Jimmy, take care, man. Uh, and I will talk to you yeah, next time, you buddy. Too, man. All right, brother. Much love. Hey guys, thanks for listening to the End of Fire podcast. If you guys liked what you heard, please subscribe and share our channel. And please leave a five-star review as that helps us tremendously. And also, if you guys have any questions or comments, you can find us at Interview Under Fire at Facebook or at Instagram. Or you can write us directly at schwag at interviewunderfire.com. That's S-C-H-W-A-G at interviewunderfire.com. Or Rezablade. That's R-E-Z-A-B-L-A-D-E at interviewunderfire.com.